0: Hey, uh, welcome to episode 22 of Red River Podcast. Uh, today we're taping out of Two Kings out in Blue Point, and these that's gonna be fun. Like every time, like when I'm editing the chair, like ah. So today we finally got the elusive Joe Rubino, who invited us to his bunker today. Um, yes. we were blindfolded. <laughs> Mike Randall drove us here. Um, in the back of a van In the, in the back the of a van The window's darkened But uh, yeah Thanks for doing this Joe Finally
1: No problem You guys act like You found Bigfoot or something
0: yeah. <laughs> I've been here the whole time Alright I'm not hard to find You know Well listen There was 21 other people Way more important than you So we finally <laughs> That's got That's true <laughs> we I'm got sure you. there's 21 more <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got 22 And so That's right. um Thanks for doing this You know what it is Like you don't have, like, a Facebook presence, and um, I think these days it's, it's like, I, I think people communicate in those ways, so, like, the people that remember Tension and all your other bands sometimes maybe do wonder, like, hey, what happened to Joe? Uh, I know you have an IG, Instagram thing for, for the business and stuff, but still, like, I think people uh, have been asking, you know, I think uh, there's some people excited to hear, like, the origins of, of the music and all the stuff that you did, because you were a part of a lot of important bands and bands that you know people really liked but anyway uh so once again this is episode 22 and uh like i tell everyone every time we do this if you like it share it tell people about it um you know it's a good review yeah all you're doing is like coming into our conversation that's it
1: well if you don't like it you should tell someone If it feels icky You should yeah. run and tell
0: Yeah that's it If yeah. you don't like it then You could tell someone Just don't tell iTunes Yeah tell don't everyone, write but, it Yeah just Don't tell write tell someone it. verbally Yeah Like I heard this really shitty podcast yeah. I wasn't that into that's it That's it Don't tell Done. anyone from iTunes anything So uh, But definitely like share it You know I know that, that uh, Podcasts now like are so All over the place You know there's one for everything So we like to be in the mix Yep And uh, anything to do with music, movies, and, like, origin stories of, like, local stuff we we like to do. Um, So, moving forward, I I do want to mention, I was listening to uh, my friend's podcast. He has one called uh, Films on Tap, right? And uh, he was telling this story, which I thought was pretty funny. His dad goes to see Die Hard in, like, 89, so that I guess Chris was, like, uh, maybe, like, 9 or 10. So then... Dad comes home, sees his son Chris, my friend, and he's like, "Wow!" He's like, "I just saw the best movie I've seen in a while, and that movie was Die Hard, <laughs> right?" So, father and son, he's like, "Wow!" I want to bring my son to watch this movie, so he takes his young son Chris Longuito to watch Die Hard, and they watch it and they love it. And from this moment on, that's why he was mentioning it on the podcast. Is um, uh, I think it was John McClane was like one of his like favorite movie characters. That's what they were talking about
1: on a very special
0: die hard <laughs> <laughs> so it reminded me of my dad <laughs> where <laughs> the flip side happened oh no not <laughs> that story <either. laughs> no, no 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 it wasn't it <laughs> wasn't that that story but um i went to go see die hard and i was like this movie is amazing so i tell my dad about it so it was like the flip side and uh so we we go and i go to see it a second time and he must have been Getting over from a Hangover Or whatever You know Drugs he was taking At that time uh-huh. And he just slept Through the whole movie
1: <laughs> Did you ever see Die Hard On Weed
0: I don't know If it was weed <laughs> But uh I just thought That was like The fuck like, Listening to that And like listening To my flip story Like And you know As a kid And to this day Like when you show Your friend Or, or someone something And they don't Care He slept through The whole Fucking movie Every explosion Every murder You can still say He went with you though Yeah, yeah. You still got that Yeah He and, just wasn't conscious And I didn't it, It's not like I ever wanted Like approval from my parents I didn't really give a shit right. About that stuff It's not like I wanted To disappoint them I just I didn't care Like it's like If you guys are cool with me Cool yeah. if you're not Then I don't really give a you fuck You reached out You got shut down Yeah kind of, Yeah exactly yeah. So gotcha. that Very telling right <laughs> there So This explains a lot about you Actually <laughs> 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 You know Um and, If everyone
1: ever asks hmm. Who took my dad to see Die Hard. He didn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, true. And real quick, um, Parker is not here. Parker is actually in Florida doing like Universal vac- Studios. Yeah. Yep. So, and I wanted to say that his band just announced um, a reunion show because I don't even think he tells anyone. He just posts pictures and <laughs> yeah. lets you decide. Like it's like, wait, I think this guy came falling. playing shows again, but I don't know because there's no caption. <laughs> Make you think about it. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? totally. <laughs> so he's getting ready, uh, and his first show back is actually on our one year anniversary so scrap that anniversary gotcha. <laughs> we'll, we'll, the big anniversary show yeah. shit <laughs> totally. we'll be there I cleared my calendar we'll be there doing an episode under the symbols nice so. okay um but anyway so what have you been doing musically oh musically yeah i know that that you started the ice cold killers which seems to be such a departure from like the stuff that people know you from
1: well every band i usually do is different from the last before it otherwise i just do the same band yeah you know even if i'm uncomfortable with it like uh dealie departed i was very uncomfortable at first can you imagine having going from tension to that band and then having all these tension fans with their arms crossed at the first show staring at you like are you serious dude this is what it's come down to
0: (laughs) Shout out to Gus, you know. wherever he's at.
1: <laughs> I think he's in Washington State, Seattle, right? Yeah, brand, like
0: brand new daddy, too. Brand new daddy. Looks I, like. I know
1: nothing about anybody because I don't have Facebook. So. That's, well. I, I'm like so disconnected, and it feels so good.
0: You're off the grid. And if anybody
1: nice. would like to follow my advice, you could probably get all that stress <laughs> off your back. From I feel like hey, uh, Facebook kind of makes you hate everyone you ever met. <laughs> you You're know?
0: actually completely right. hmm yeah, I could... And I they're could, never
1: that way in person. No. It's only when you don't... I don't give a shit what's on your mind, dude. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I got rid of Facebook,
2: you know? Wow.
0: Yeah, my friend... I think I'm getting converted. I think fr- I'm going to delete my shit. You're, you're almost there. I, sometimes. If, if it wasn't for the podcast... I
2: go through f- phases, you know? Yeah. yeah. You
0: know, but I, I think maybe it's like being... Do you think you know because both you guys are fathers and you both have like significant others and you guys have like adult lives do you think it's easier to disconnect once you have like a business like you do or stuff like that
1: it's not easy i'm just stubborn you know i know you need it for certain things i just don't care like i have a business page and band pages and stuff i don't ever update them you know if people know where i am i feel like if you're you know if you know where to find me that's that's good enough for me you know
0: yeah, but that's that's super interesting that you say that because I I think it is true. Like my fr- I remember Ron Ron Ronald Joseph Smith was like, do you remember before Facebook when you just assumed people had a good head on their shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I feel like people
1: are just manipulated into think. They don't really think these things. They're just sharing what their friends shared 10 minutes before. It's like a two-minute revolution. It's like, you know, it comes and goes. People are so passionate for, for two minutes until the next thing comes along and people forget about what the hell they were even thinking about last time. I feel like people don't back up their stuff with facts. They just kind of share because it's cool to share. And, you know, this guy thinks it, and if I don't think it, I might not be as cool, you know.
0: And and I think it comes down to me like, uh, you know, Uh, For me, I'm going to say just sometimes I just look around at the circle that I have. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, this whole world is entertaining and I definitely partake in it because, you know, I like posting stuff about music and stuff like that, you know, but when you really think about it, like the people that do that I do kind of disagree with, like when I see them in person, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, these guys are kind of cool. Like they're kind of cool. You know, like, I'm, I mean, I'm not talking about like lunatics, but I'm talking about like just, you know, like you have different ways of looking at things and like, you know, individually when we hang right. out, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, we disagree getting, on this. Like too much of people. Well, I, like, think I think the thing think is, it's is, too
1: much. Is like once you're behind the computer, you can be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can, you're not really that, you know, like com- for some people. I know. mean, I don't,
0: I don't think everyone really gets down like that, you know, like, uh. I like posting YouTube videos and it's good to converse music and stuff like yeah. that, you know. I don't need to know. I got to the point where
2: I just, you know, I didn't want to know what someone I went to high school with what they ate for breakfast. Exactly, exactly. with a picture of it. <clears throat> like, oh yeah, bacon and eggs. It's great. <laughs> it's I just I shouldn't in re- the real world, I shouldn't even know this person anymore. Exactly. Like like real life when you fa- or, drifted away from uh, people you didn't really Or get. or
0: the people like, you know, if you don't talk to them for like 25 years. You know, then you get a friend request, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. I 20, like, you know, it's like, I remember you from eighth grade. It's like, we don't need to, yeah. we don't need to bring this any further. Not too much. <laughs> yeah, I hate <laughs> it. that conversation of catching up is way too long. So, yeah. but um, l- let's talk. Actually, you know what? To, a topic I wanted to bring up real quick, because I wanted to watch this mov- movie called Happy Death Day. I saw you post that. Never yeah. heard of it. Uh, I saw the trailer. And it got me to thinking, um, it's a PG-13 movie, but the trailer looks awesome. Um, But there's something about a PG-13 horror movie that never sits right with me. It's not gonna be a good movie, but when when I think of horror, I don't think of a 13-year-old. You know, I don't think of that. I think of, you know, like uh, Final Girls was great, but it might not be that, so like, I'm just thinking like, you know.
1: You wanna see horror is when my kid turns 13. That's going to be horror. How yeah. how how far? I'm scared. Three years. Wow. She's 10? She's 10 right now. How old is Jilly? Jilly's 6. God
0: damn. Wow. But that'll
1: be horror. That'll when be When my right. kid thir- turns 13, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be scared for my life.
0: But, um, I mean, do you give a shit about movies? What was the last movie you saw? Are you uh,
1: I, I mean, I like movies. I don't really watch them. It's not, it's not that I my attention span is bad, so it's like I don't really have... If I'm forced to watch a movie, I'll watch
0: it and I'll probably like it. But they don't make you watch Frozen and shit.
1: Frozen? No.
0: Eddie and the Cruises. Cruises. Yeah.
1: That's my favorite movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who interjected that right there. So all right, well then, you know, I guess. Well you know what it, I mean, maybe I've
1: seen it, but people always that yo, you never saw that? What do you mean? You're nuts. It's like, well, I don't know. I guess I just never saw it, you know.
0: What was the last movie you saw that you gave a shit about?
1: I mean, it's not that I don't give a shit. But I'm I just, saying, what was the last
0: movie that you saw that really... You're making me seem like I hate movies <laughs> I feel bad. I like, got a lot That's of catching right, so up That's so far you do. hate Facebook, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you hate people, like, now we're at movies. Facebook,
1: I definitely hate. It's a digital fantasy, and I think social media creates an antisocial humanity. Absolutely. You know, live it your life. You know, points. there's like this real... Go camping, you know? There's no self-service self up there, you know? You want to enjoy your life, climb a mountain, you know? Do something real. Don't take a picture... Of everything you're doing, because you're not really taking time to enjoy that moment, you know? Make what sure about? people check out our Facebook
2: page. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, the I group. have a couple, too. I never update them, but they're there. Well,
0: speaking of camping, you're wearing a Friday the 13th shirt. Over I am. what do you think of the original? Because what's heart? tomorrow? <clears throat> oh, tomorrow is Friday the 13th. Yeah.
1: Speaking of Friday the 13th, we can plug old 37.
0: Is it playing tomorrow?
1: No, but Kane Hodder's in it.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: we get <laughs> we're, we're talking we're, we're talking making. about guest number what episode was he in paul travers I think paul travers number 9 something like that something yeah, like yeah.
1: baldi giraldi
0: baldi giraldi right there miss oh, i'm not even going to go there <laughs> i'll just chop that now you know what
1: f him yeah. we should go there because i read what he was saying on Facebook, mind you, because Mike Randall showed me the uh, oh, all those nice. cool questions people were coming up with. Well, he wanted I'll to answer now. those so too. You like you know. filter Facebook for him? He like, does. You should really. He yeah. just needs
0: exercise walking up the stairs, so he needs to show him <laughs> no, something. He was on a, computer,
1: was actually, a, he needs to rest after walking <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> I do. <it> <laughs>
0: That's all right. Lungs are overrated. Lungs. We got two. <laughs> I kept secret. Coming out. The what? There's a couple questions I kept secret. Okay. I feel like I
1: feel like Randall needs a mic. Huh. Should I hold it out like a hardcore singer since we're <laughs> talking hardcore here? Yeah, hold mic on, time. Mike. We're going to do
0: mic time. Um, all right. So listen, I think people want to know like the beginning of everything. So uh, growing up-
1: I was born in 1975. What town? Shirley, New York.
0: Um, so what made a young Joe Rubino want to play music?
1: What made Joe Rubino want to play music? Uh- well, when I was in sixth grade, my dad bought me my first bass for Christmas. Actually, and I was just talking to my daughter about that because she plays piano. And I said, by the time next year comes around, I would have been starting bass. And I try to use that to say, you know, like it doesn't happen. She gets very frustrated, you know, so. It's a hard instrument. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, she wants to do it. So I, I stand by it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I tell you, you know, it, you got to practice, you know, and it doesn't really happen or not. But what made me want to start was. My dad bought me a bass, but I thought maybe I wanted to play guitar like everybody else. But uh, it was actually John Cox who convinced me to stay with bass. So you you didn't take his job? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But, you know, I come from a town where, you know, drugs and, you know, kind of like all that type of life was happening. All our friends were dying. And I I feel like kind of, you know, it's cliche to say it, but I feel like hardcore saved my life in that aspect because, you know, when we started Tension... We started meeting other people from other towns and playing and kind of got me out of that, me and my you, brother out of that. You, you know,
0: completely so. do get that just from playing music, because like for so long, like I was mentally stuck in my zip code. And once you start playing, you see everything else and you're like,
1: you realize there's a world. That's there's your a time, world. You know?
0: And I remember I wanted my friends that I grew <clears> up with <throat> in the town to play music and I would try and they would. You know, occasionally practice and stuff, but I really wanted to play. Based on facts. Yeah, ex- exactly. Mind your business, Mike. <laughs> so, stuff like that. And, and, um, <laughs> once, I, once I realized that there was just more than that zip code and you, you met people that you actually did really connect with, um, it's just like, man, it was like there was no stopping you. Just, you're like, holy shit, you like the same thing. You like the same thing. Five towns over, the same. You know, 10 towns over. It's like, oh, you're from New Jersey and stuff like that. So um, how old were you when you got the bass then?
1: Well, sixth grade. So what, like 11, 12, right? 11, 12, yeah. yeah. So,
0: and uh, w- what were you listening to there then that like you were practicing with? Because everyone practices to something.
1: I used to practice to my records and my tapes. Like, I used yeah, to play for... along, you know, like I used to, well. I was, I started, when I started playing, I was really into like metal, you know, but it was never satisfying enough, you know, and then when I was introduced to hardcore and punk and realized that bass was actually the forefront and not more the background, you know. I play lead bass, in case you don't know. <laughs> but uh, you know, On so I mean, bass. it just—I—I—I'm I, like, wow, this is insane. This is the bass is up front. What do you mean? You know, it's like usually it's like buried in the back, very minus, much. Minus Overkill, Overkill always had a vicious bass tone, up which there. uh, which was my thing. But, so what? Uh,
0: what was like the first like hardcore record that you heard that just like changed your life?
1: There was two. It was. uh cro the Age of Quarrel, sheer sure. terror just can't hate enough. Yeah. Those, those, are those were like yeah. handed to me on a cassette tape by some skinheads that were gr- that were in my town that were older than I was. Like, oh, he plays bass. We gotta we gotta get this guy in, you know? Yeah. And now I play with the same skinhead in my new band, which is uh Oh, was it him? called Killers, yeah. Was it Joe? Wow. My drummer Joe, yeah. Garces nice. Joe to mouth.
0: Shout out to my Colombian brother.
1: Colombian brother, yeah. Thank this you. thing's cutting out, I think. But uh yeah, so they they were in their car, and like they handed it to me like they were handing me a bag of dope and <laughs> you know, but back then, hardcore, you know it was it was more of like an underground thing, so I would hand it to people, and I'd get yelled at. It was like, you don't give people the music, you know yeah. it was more of like,
0: this is ours, you know, this is our thing. it is it is very much like a territorial thing, yeah. um, you know, like you go into that record store, and, oh yeah, and if you ask for like the uncle wrong, Phils and Mastic remember you, that one yeah. yeah you go in, you ask for like the wrong, oh, yeah, because you're an out Easter, too. So he's a Mattatuckan, Matatuckian. Matatuckian. definitely. So uh, Matta, Kentucky. Yep. So you right. start playing bass and you're doing your thing. Um, and and how long before? Because I know your brother Mike. You have another brother, Tom, but I mean, I guess he just never played music with you guys. So he was sure, just, he did. Did he? Yeah, he was in a band called oh, he Capgun. Was, he was in Capgun. Sure, yeah. That's right, okay My little youth crew band
1: yeah. You know what happened was Tom, my youngest brother Actually works here at the barbershop Two Kings Barbershop 65 Montauk Highway Holla Holla Blue Point, New York But uh, no, so so uh, He actually took a cap gun to school And fired it in class And gave his teacher <laughs> a heart attack And like uh, You know The the, the, <laughs> the teacher was suing my parents And then the wife was suing my parents Because he wasn't fucking her apparently And like uh, we, he, 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 he got expelled from school so rather than let him become, you know, the Shirley drug addict and, yeah. and you know pass away like most of our friends did back then, but like uh, God bless, rest in peace, mind you. But uh, we took him in, and we we just started a little youth crew band called Capgun.
0: Unbelievable! I never knew that. That's how it started. A Capgun. Yeah. Cap Fun facts, see. Now. Fun facts, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, and how long before all this stuff did, did tension start? And like Mike grabbed that mic.
1: Well, actually, we had a band called False Pride, which was the original version of Tension with Dave and John. Oh, with John. And uh, our friend Mike, who was singer for the band, he went to the Navy. And I was supposed to go too, but I actually... Chickened out, you know. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll go next year, you know. So was, was your dad he's still was in? Was your
0: dad a service dude,
1: right? No, he wasn't a service no? dude. But you know, all all the service all the service guys were uh, hunting me down because I did good on that test, you know. Yeah. So like, they were always at my door trying to get me. And I I thought for sure I was going to do the Navy, but uh, I ended up doing music instead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, music. Yeah, took music is, over everything. Music but, like, is
0: like tough because it's it's such a strong thing. You know, for people outraged that still play music, like, it's just, like, it's powerful. Right. Like, I can't imagine, even if no one gives a shit, which, for the most part, they don't. It's true. <laughs> you know? It's it just, yourself, like, man. you look at, 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 you solve the puzzle. You have these chords. You're like, okay, I have these chords. Now what am I going to do with them? Right. Then you start putting them together. You put a melody, and it's just, when you hit that right chorus, when you change that chord to make everything work, it's still, to me, It's still awesome. Like, at the end of that song, you're like, fuck. And then from there, just like, you know.
1: I wish you guys would make shirts again.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, my band, Playing Dead, made shirts once, Uh and uh, Joe definitely... Ruined it. I remember... I was, like, happy because, like, you know, we're not, like, a merch band. We didn't really right. care. We just wanted to play. They
1: never were again after this one. And <laughs> oh, and
0: uh, shout out to Mariko. She made the shirts for us. and Great I did, shirts. I I guess them. they were, like, yellow and orange. So he's, like, nice mustard and ketchup.
1: The shirt was yellow, and then the writing was, was ketchup <laughs> I a, something bread. Something like know? that, yeah.
0: And, I, and when he said it, I looked at it. I was, like, I guess it is, like, a mustard uh, and ketchup packet. <laughs> you could never see it the same way again. Yo. First, I ruined it. I feel bad. and last, like. You know, you
1: could have changed the colors and kept the same design, right?
0: I just, you know, it was just that they do. We joke around with it, but (laughs) for a second, it was just so shattering. It wasn't, cha- it was just almost like, you know how like when your friends are like mean to you, but we, we stay grounded. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. grounded me so hard that I was just like, you know what? Like who the fuck am I to have t-shirts? <laughs> wow. You gave him like I a can't whole I can't even fit into these fucking things. No, yeah. back then I could, unfortunately. Nice. Not so much now. So, but, uh, all right. So how'd you meet John Cox?
1: School? School. Yeah, yeah man. We were, we were neighborhood buds. Was he
0: always like killer on the guitar? Always. Yeah.
1: His father was a Spanish flamenco really player. Amazing, amazing player. Yeah. Yeah. And and basically their him and his brother Chris their first uh, shot of guitar was Spanish flamenco.
2: Wow.
0: And that's before like, anything. That's, 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 that's yeah, what that's they like learned. A Tough as fuck shit to <laughs> do. Um. So what year? That's my
1: Angus play? Young, and the, I miss him.
0: I know. I don't... Yeah, he's, he's another one who actually got rid of Facebook.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's doing well. Yeah, definitely. Two I, kids, I only fam, see the, the wife know. on there and she's she seems awesome. Um, but what year did Tension start? 92. 92. And... Uh, and
1: 89 was when me and John and Dave started playing. Okay. But, you know, before... Oh, so what happened was that he went to the Navy. Let me explain, finish one. Yeah, so yeah. he went to the Navy and when he came back from leave we decided to get together and jam and my brother came along and I wrote a new song and Mike was singing with him and we just decided when he went back to the Navy that we'd just continue as a, a new band, you know?
0: Was Mike automatically like a beast? Oh, yeah. Because like his brother, like, yeah. fuck. He was, it. Like,
1: it, he was like the little baby skinhead back then,
0: you know? It, it was almost like you were like the Long Island Roger and he was like little Freddie Madball. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like, bro- right. like I mean, it just cool. that dynamic. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> you know, like you hear his brother, like I'm not a hardcore fan, that it's not my thing. Right. But, like, to watch Tension and watch Mike sing. He's like, an animal. It's like a bear. Like, yeah. you see him, and he's, He's got like, a lot of rage. You know? Even yeah. as a little kid, he had a lot of rage, Did he? you know? Yeah. Why? Just
1: how we grew up, you know? It's yeah. like you had to. It kind of had to be that way. You had to be that way. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Um. So, 92 comes around. You guys start Tension, and uh, you start playing some shows. Like, what was the scene like in 1992?
1: 92. Well, we weren't playing shows yet in '92. Okay, we were just playing. But you know, '92 was actually that was like the start. That's like I guess that's around the time like disciplinary action and and berserkers and uh, neglect was pretty much just starting out. Right yeah. around that time, yeah, I yeah. believe, uh, which was Vice Grip. Before that, which which is actually Joe played drums for Vice Grip, which was uh, Bones, Brian, and uh, Steve. I forgot. Why did I forget? Steve Williams.
0: Oh, so he was in a bo- in a band with. They were, they were the,
1: before Neglect, it was Vice Grip, which which actually, which actually Neglect actually recorded a bunch of uh, Vice Grip songs, which was like Crash and Burn and uh, I got wires, busting out of my, that was a Vice Grip song, you know. Um,
0: So, and and, and it's funny because like, you know, that music was so aggressive, but what was happening in the mainstream was like Nirvana. You know, and yeah, like, but I I guess everyone was like, all right, that's cool. But then like hardcore, especially like Long Island hardcore, like yeah. I feel like it. Well, Mind almost, Over Matter was
1: starting around that time too, and they weren't really. uh
0: No, but they they were like super interesting. I mean, no, but even like the earlier stuff was a little bit more hardcore. Yeah, um, right, right. But then like auto manipulation, but it still had its own
1: vibe thing. to it. You know.
0: Yeah. So, um, what was. What was the scene like that you remember, like, in 92? Like, were you guys going to shows? Were you guys...
1: I was starting to... I mean, I was young. I mean, I'm trying to remember the first show. Probably not around that time. But uh, it was intimidating. You know, I was young then. So it was like a lot You going to, like, of the of city or, like, Long Island? I was doing a lot of... All the city shows. I mean, I was still in high school when I was going to city shows. I would be coming home, like, 6 in the morning, showering, getting on the bus, and falling asleep on a desk, you know? <laughs> but, you know, all my friends were older. Look at you now. they were... They took me into this new thing, and it and it was definitely a sight to be seen. It was nothing like it is now.
0: Do you remember like the the first punk rock show that you went to?
1: First punk rock show. Punk or hardcore? First punk rock. The first punk rock show. I think it was Fear. Wow. wow. Uh, see, wow. I, uh, before actually before I got into before I got into the hardcore thing, you know, I I liked Fear and the Misfits and mm-hmm. Murphy's Law yes, okay. you know, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So, like, uh, where was the show? It was at CB's. Nice. Yeah, it was killer. Um, actually, there was what it was it? Uh, there was one show, and I, uh, 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 this definitely isn't the first time I saw fear. But it was fear, sheer terror. Um, the blank seventy-seven, and I forget who else played it. Was that CBGB's? It was
0: insane, badass. Yeah, <laughs> like Fear at CBGB's, and, and it was and it
1: was like you know, Lee Ving had a couple of newer guys I think uh, at the time, but the original lineup played. Which, wow. you know, minus the bass player. Right. But, uh, yeah, Spit Sticks and Philo Kramer played the show, and it was so fucking sick. So sick. Yeah, that, that's... I a, loved Fear. That's an like, underappreciated
0: was like, band. That was they like have great band. songs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Fear. I think almost like what the Ice Cold Killers do now, like, I feel like it's definitely of that vein.
2: Yeah, so. I, can, I can sense
0: that. Um... So alright So you're going out You're doing this thing You're getting the influences right Because when you're younger You you just absorb shit Oh yeah And then you go back right and Even just... back
1: then The skinhead girls were scary <laughs> You know And you know You see them coming out of the pit On, on the Should floor, I get a blow Bleeding from the head And then just them right back in <laughs> yeah. You know like It's
0: like damn Shit Yeah So uh, You're hot <laughs> So, you, like I said, you, you go, you get your influences like like we all did. You go, and, you know, Manhattan was a big thing. St. Mark's for me, like, I, I would always grab as much shit as possible. And, you, you, like, at that age, you see these bands, like, Fear and, like, Sheer Terror, and then you go back and you make your own thing, which is probably what you did, right? Yeah. So, do you remember, like, the first time that, like, uh, you guys started writing songs as Tension? Um, was it going fast? Was it just, like, were you guys shitting out songs?
1: Uh, well... See, I was into metal with with John and Dave, but then I was getting into the more of the hardcore thing and trying to teach them and train them on how to (laughs) play that style, you know? Because as, you know, I was learning, I was, you know, bringing it into that. And, you know, as far as tension goes, I guess, you know, we wrote a 90, a demo we did and ended up coming out in like 94, which they were just beginner songs. Like, you know, you could tell it was like, Two different writing things because it had a lot of Black Sabbath influence, too, which Absolutely, was involved, yeah. you know, on that. on that.
0: What do you remember from that first session? Because I, I like, do you remember like, you know, when you first record, it's like so crazy. You I remember, recorded
1: it to tape. You had to actually play your instrument. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. You had to actually know how to be a yeah. band actually okay. back then.
0: So and uh, I mean, we did the same thing to, to the two inch and we never did anything with it. So, um, do you remember where it was? Yeah,
1: it was in Mastic, and it was. Uh,
0: were you guys ready to record? I'm
1: trying to remember. that was a long time ago, man. Yeah. I don't even remember yesterday. Sometimes, listen,
0: we're we're yeah. digging. You yeah. know, the fans want to uh, know, Joe. Yeah. Uh, know if this,
1: are there any left? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, I remember. I remember it was. Uh, it was in Mastic. It was uh, Joe Opici, and I forget the name of it. I forget the name of the studio, but like I remember.
0: A, was it like an intimidating thing though? Like, when nah, it was cool. It yeah. was
1: fun. It was you know the f- you know you have to. I guess it was fun. Yeah, yeah. we were psyched. You know, get when it was done. Yeah, I hate it now, looking back on it. I think it's a shitty uh, batch of songs, but you know, we were just getting started, yeah. so whatever. Just you know, healing yourself right. There, yeah, it's you know? true. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's so, like the first time you masturbate. You're not sure if you're doing it right. That right. That you
2: know, and then you become.
0: A you pro. think you broke it. You feel guilty. Yeah, I broke it. Um. Do you remember like uh the first show you guys played?
1: First show we played was at the Right Track Inn. And it was with a bunch of bands that were from like Five Towns College. Okay. And uh I remember being nervous as hell. I wouldn't look up. I was just like kind of like stiff. And I actually the first show that the first show we played was False Pride. We rented out some hall and just did some shit for our friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the first real show,
0: I was fucking scared to death you know yeah how was the rest of the band
1: uh i don't know i was too busy being scared <laughs> <Too> busy. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i wouldn't look up you know i was just yeah. like kind of like shit man but after a while i was like after it was a while cool, like you know? after after i ate it up you know you get all that
0: yeah exactly i ate that shit up definitely so and, and i know that like um did you always take a hand, like a full hand at the writing cuz i feel like you were writing the lyrics for from the beginning right did not you always write the lyrics
1: i always wrote the lyrics up until later on and then mike started You know, doing lyrics. Yeah. Uh, John wrote some stuff for the demo, but after a while, I was just a band Nazi, and I kind of took over everything, you know? Yeah.
0: So you wanted to, like, as as far as the lyrics go, um, where were you finding, like, inspiration, you know? Because, like, lyrics are such a... Lyrics are such a fucking tough thing, you know? Like, um, so, like, those earlier tracks, was it just easy to just write down your thoughts and just...
1: I don't know what it is, but when I was... Around that age I just had this uh, I would just always have Like vivid dreams Of nuclear war Okay It was always like A thing in my head You know And like That's why most of the songs
0: Were always about You know Nuclear war Nuclear right. war and S- like Same that. thing for me And I think it was maybe Just the era And now look
1: at it We're kind of close right We're close yeah. Look at this yeah. I wasted my whole life And here we are
0: It could happen At yeah. any moment yeah. <laughs> Every time that door Gets kicked open I think it's the Russians I pray to God It's Obama, it's Obama. Um Thanks Obama But did you ever see the movie Miracle Mile? No I'm I just send... watched that for the first how time great is the that? other night It's about nuclear war Yeah, Is it? Good.
1: I'll tell you I'll watch it but I won't Real time Yeah I'm gonna go watch that Okay Never will
0: I'll give you the plot real quick It's from 1988
1: Tell me the ending That's how I know if I want to see it Is
0: it like a UK film? <laughs> nah No but that one is the Do you really want to know the threads? ending? Yeah I'm
1: never gonna yeah. watch it
0: <laughs> The ending everyone does
1: Really? Yeah. No one survives? Nope. No, nope. well, I guess that's nuclear war then, huh? Um and I watched
0: that. I watched, it. that I watched I watched that as a ten year old kid and it was the first movie that I saw that made me realize that we're all gonna die. And yeah. at ten, it entered my head and from that sure. moment on, anytime I entertain death, I get anxious and then I have to think away. Every that was the movie. See I one.
1: realized everyone was gonna die once we started losing people to uh, heroin, you know. Back in those days, you know. You're I, watching watching someone you, you grew up with. I was too busy on heroin to, to think that. <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know it. Well, it never works, just in case you're wondering.
0: <laughs> so uh but yeah, it's a great movie. It's up on YouTube, I'll send you the link so you could ignore it. So it's a good movie. But everyone does. <laughs> but uh, what it is I is, is this guy um gets a phone call that was mistaken for someone else, and what it is is somebody saying that they were gonna uh that the missiles the are coming. An army silo he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's happening, guy. and then he was like He's Who trying, the trying fuck to call is his this? father
2: and warn him. Yo, we did it. It's going down. You mm-hmm. got about like seventy minutes left,
0: and then it's people in a diner that know that are trying to get the fuck on a plane, yeah. and, and it's it. real time. Yeah. Did
1: anybody pay for their food?
0: I don't
2: don't think so
0: Would you
1: Would you pay for your food If you knew the If you knew the nukes were flying Probably
0: not I'd be Yeah I'd be in the bathroom Kidding me I'd be the
1: nicest guy in the world You fucking take this $100 here $200 there. It's It's worthless anyway You know you look like a good guy before you go. You did some good deeds, and maybe you go to heaven. Who knows?
0: Nah, yeah. Last-ditch effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Last-ditch effort. Fuck it. I better start being good now. Hey, you know
1: what? I never liked you. Let me wipe my ass with this hundred before I give it to
0: you. <laughs> but yeah, Miracle Mile. You know, yeah. if, if I didn't ruin it for you, you guys should watch it. So. You ruined it for a lot of people, I'm sure. But. Um, so you know what
1: I, it was? Is my dad got was, was heavily into like Nostradamus stuff like that, so... Mm. I, that whole nuclear war thing was kind of just, just like injected into me you know when i was a kid like the man HBO who saw tomorrow or some man shit. Yeah,
2: and i was, was just c- that fucked me up It's f- like, creepy well, here it's, go- it's going down now it is actually like what what i was just looking at my watch like <laughs> yeah. any minute i'm going to die any minute As a kid real healthy <laughs> yeah that's how i felt after watching <laughs> that movie so um, <laughs> the day you, after too you,
0: you the
1: just, day after yeah actually i put a sample on on the last tension record we did was oh, the, yeah. uh, the, the the priest
0: oh shit
1: when he's like in that blown out church and like that girl dies and like in front of him, you know that whole sample yeah
0: um all right so getting back to the band uh the band
1: man i'm in the
0: band what was the first full length
1: first full length was and at the hour of our death
0: Yeah? yeah and how did you hook up with sadistic records was it for that one
1: no that was none of the above records but before that we put out uh on rpp from belgium put out our seven inch we had a seven inch before the record.
0: Okay, and and how do you like? So were you just sending stuff out? Because that's what you're doing back then, right? I got a
1: whole box back before there was email. Yeah. Actually, tension pretty much was done being a band before any of MySpace or any of that stuff. You know, so like, uh, I have a box of like fan mail from like all over the world: Japan, Vietnam, you know, like shit, Mexico. Like, how were you getting it out there? Just, just I don't know. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Probably Rick. <laughs> You know, bootlegging all everyone's shit and fucking bringing it all over the place, you know?
0: Shout out to Rick the <laughs>
1: But you know what? Every, a lot of people were mad, but it's like, you know, someone like me, I wasn't going to Korea. I wasn't doing like all these places he was going. So it's like, yeah, you know what? And I caught him a bunch of times. It's like, you know what? He's getting it out there. Whatever. Make a couple of He's getting it out you know? there.
0: And, and it's almost like streaming now, you know? It's like, you're yeah. like, okay, well, as long as, for certain bands, it's like, all right, as long as it's out there and you can get it, come to a show.
1: Well, we did I buy a, don't buy a shirt. I don't know how we got hooked up with RPP the Belgium label, but that's that's pretty much where it started. Was that's what that 7-inch pretty much fucking kickstarted everything, you know? Like that that 7-inch got pr- pretty did pretty well, you know.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy how like, you know, a band from Long Island yeah. gets, you know, thrown it and picked up out there, you know. And it's just like the power of music, you just get it out there and back then it was just so you know, sure. primitive. You know, oh, now yeah. you could just shoot things out. Like, there's no duplication unless you want to yeah. make a record. Now it's just like, okay, yeah. you want it? Let me I email it to you. Trading
2: tapes with people in Europe and all that yeah. shit. man, old we, school. We played Europe,
1: and yeah. that's when I realized that, like, what that record actually did because the shows were the packed. But us, we blew it because we were playing a lot of newer stuff. And it's like we played this sold out that's, show that's at the uh the underground. When Hugo was, it the, was in the band? Yeah. The yeah. underworld or something like that in London, I believe, you know. Point in your career and it was is like, this? like what this was like after it was done. Someone just said, Hey, come to Europe and I'm like, Oh, okay. hey, okay, let's that's do it, cool. you know? So it's like we went there and uh I'm like, Oh, I hope people like us, you know. So we're like we're I playing rem- all these I new remember. songs at this like sold out underworld and like you know, and everyone's like paying attention it's cool but then we played older songs and it was like a bomb went off it was like a long island show and i was like fuck i just totally dropped the ball we should have played a lot more new older songs you know but uh you know we had some kid he he followed us from like sweden followed us like every show and stuff yeah it was cool i mean i guess i guess it mattered i didn't know yeah who knew you know but it was it was a lot of fun you know but that that, i think that rpp belgium record was what really kind of kick-started it for us you know
0: and and how did you meet up with? Uh, actually, wh- what was the deal with n- none of the none of, none of the above records? Like, um, so what, he just had like a stamp and he put it on, and then just basically sold it in a store.
1: No, he did a he did a label. He it was actually label. very distribution and stuff like that. I so remember the
0: store. I just didn't know he had a label. He had
1: a store, and then eventually he started a label. He put out a cleanser record. He put out a uh, comps, The five one six comp. Chat Keith Moore. Mm-hmm. The five one six comp. That was uh, yeah, yeah. that was a uh, none Everyone of the above. Everyone remembers that definitely. Yeah, that so. was a good
0: comp. Going forward, like you know, through all the years, like um, I think, did you guys stop playing in '98?
1: I think our last show was the VOD show. It was like January of 1999. 99 okay. it was the last original lineup show.
0: Yeah, and why would you guys call it a, a day?
1: Because John became a raver and decided that Earthling was better.
0: You're fucking right. Look at I that.
1: Forgot. Boom. Cheap shot I in the river. forgot
0: rib. about that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. John was in He was
1: in Earthling and then he just he started raving till dawn with all those guys and then next thing you know he was like, I don't want to be in the band
2: no more, man. Yeah. It's Hardcore lost right. a lot you know? of people to the rave. Yeah, it's true.
1: We fell victim we to the We lost Peewee to the wave, <laughs> man. I told those guys, don't shit where you eat. They started throwing waves, raves at the waves. Raves at the <laughs> And uh and I kept saying, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. It's trouble. It's trouble. Next thing you know, it was on, what is it, Uh, some show like Under America Undercover or something like that. They're like going current through affair. and you see current <laughs> affairs, something like Marty that, Popovich. you know, and there's, ca- hidden, there's cameras and you, sure enough, you see people buying and selling some drugs or however they wanted to edit it and that pacifiers. was it. Pacifiers and visors. P-Wack never had a show again, but all of you Pewakers, if you remember back in the day, I said, don't do it. <laughs> f- yeah, should have listened to me.
2: They had a time machine. Yeah. yeah. So
0: 99, you guys play your last show. And, uh, I mean, was it like, that
1: was like the last official we've done. Like that was the last, no, no, of course.
0: Definitely. I know that. Different line-ups uh, um, and shit. as far as like, was there, I mean, honestly, you, you know, you grew up with John, so you, the way you can get mad at like one of your best friends is probably worse, you know, cause you feel kind of hurt. Did, did, did it really bother you or were you kind of ready to move on from there?
1: Uh, well, after that I did. Didn't you play No, with we, it? we I think, you know, we still wanted to do it. We were kind of pissed. You know, we tried out other people. Uh, it's just not the same. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, I'm sure if we would have plugged at it, we could have found somebody, but after a while, it's like, ah, fuck it, whatever, you know?
0: Did you have anything set up? Because I, I think, didn't you play bass in Indecision for a minute?
1: I did a tour with Indecision. Uh, I did a, like two tours with uh, Sound Majority, and I also did a tour with Kill Your Idols. So I did it like some stuff in between, yeah. you know? So that's fun. Yeah. It's definitely fun stuff, especially no, no for doubt. those
0: for those bands. It definitely had like a huge built in audience. Oh and, yeah, it was just I had a great in. time.
1: Did but you like want, touring? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, I loved it. I that's what, I mean, I definitely wanted to do it. It's just any band I was in, it's like there was always like one or two, like that wouldn't go that far, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing with tension too is we didn't tour. Yeah, you know. So like I mean, back then it was you know.
0: Was up. it uh, for any specific reason or just yeah? Like a job some of the guys in the band wouldn't tour. Just couldn't do it. Yeah.
1: That's just how it always is. It's always like one or two, you know.
0: Right. Well, yeah, because it's always like for the bands that, that make it. Fuck it up like, for the rest of us. <laughs> well, the bands that make it are the ones that just jump in that van and just they don't come home. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, Without you a doubt. get in, but, you know, locally there's always two people that want to tour and then three that don't. And then from there you're like, all right, I guess we'll just play locally. And that's the way it goes. So That's
1: how a lot of those bigger bands got started. It's like those interchanging members, you know. Yeah Like all the Eddie Reyes bands That led to Take Him Back Sunday Or you know Yeah Or the the, the whatnots Like all the like uh, The bands that were like Just starting out Like what was it Runner Up was one of his bands And stuff like that the, I think the, the Runner up, up
0: turned into Take Him Back Sunday Runner Up turned into
1: Yes Yeah When they were playing At a bagel store With yeah. Antonio was singing
0: That's right Shout right? out to Antonio was Jesse
1: was on bass Right
0: Yes Yeah Jesse from Brand New Yep So a lot of Long Island history Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so you guys play your last show And uh, did you guys have anything set up As to what you wanted to do I mean how long before that Before like Dearly Departed came around Did you guys have downtime What was the next step
1: Um, Well we didn't know that that was going to be our last show It just was But
0: uh Oh so it wasn't even like an official
1: No no not official No it was a killer show Mind yeah. you, I don't mind that being Who, the was, last on that one. Show. Who was on that show? Who was on it was, was. VOD, Jaw Silent Majority, Us and I
0: think Oh wait, what am I saying? I, I, I was there.
1: Swing set. Yeah. That was a fucking amazing. That was a show. great show. Yeah. But uh after that, um I did those other tours. I don't know how long after was Dealy Departed.
0: How did that come about? since Mike Malamo's not here to fucking interject. I know, right? Fuck you, Mike fucking Malamo. You, you know? Like band practice is that in Borden. Yeah. That's
1: all right. He, he would have turned it into the Mike Malamo <laughs> show. <laughs> Excuse me, is this thing on? Is this
0: thing on? Let me give you my opinion on shitty music and movies.
1: Um, Well, you know, I, I, I always liked Inside. I liked Mike. So uh, we always talked about messing around. And then uh, he was starting something. And me and Danny Lopez were talking about starting something. So we kind of just like kind of merged together, you know? Yeah. So uh yeah, that was that was an uncomfortable transition to be in that band because it was just music It was so different. It was just so loud like it's like it was cool playing with them and you know, later on it, it shifted into where I kinda wanted it to go a little bit. Me and Mike actually put out a Dearly Departed record. Where we weren't even a band, but like after each guy recorded they just like kinda pieced, you know? And then me and Mike finished it out. And it was actually a good record. It was mixed like shit. The songs were great. They were very dark. It was
0: mixed a little weird, but the songs were great. Yeah. Definitely. But like so starting off Dearly Departed, like did you guys have like an idea in mind as to the sound or were you just getting in there and you were just trying to find that sound?
1: I kinda just was going along for the ride they kinda wrote in the beginning. And then I said, if I was gonna do it, I had to kind of get more of a hands on so me and Danny actually started like believing in ghosts. That's when me and Danny started you know writing all the bass and drums and getting that done, and then they would just like kind of flow over the guitars, yeah you know, and like kind of throw them in and kind of uh structuring them the way that you know I guess I would like, i guess not not I personally would like, but you know something I would be a little more comfortable doing because it was very like I said it was very uncomfortable yeah. as I said in the beginning it was, it was like the first, the first the first dealy Departed show man yeah. it's like I don't know why the hell they put X members attention on the flyer but like <laughs> you know you have all these angry tension fans and they got their arms folded like yeah. just waiting for that one fucking thing where they could smash some kid all in the right face, hold you know? on a
0: second the breakdown's coming here the breakdown's any eventually coming <laughs> eventually coming <laughs> 45 minutes gone not one fucking breakdown maybe
1: though. a nervous breakdown but <laughs> I don't know about any breakdowns in the music you know uh, that was another uncomfortable, yeah. So I guess, yeah, that,
0: but still, like you know, after all that stuff's gone, you start playing. It was around the time that actually we, we shared a room. I remember because we shared room with, with dearly departed over there. Yeah, over in summer. Joe's garage. Joe's garage. Um, so so those records come out. They sound awesome. I think we even played a show with you somewhere in like Belmore. Um, so along that time, tension kicks back up again with Hugo. Hugo Fitzgerald, how, how did that happen?
1: Well, actually, uh, before that, I'm trying to think of where that, oh, well, during Dealey Departed, John and my brother wanted to write a concept record, John and Con- it was, yeah, it was a tension record, and, and Dave couldn't play, so Ron played, and it, I kind of was, like, really hands-off with that one. Um, I figured, let them do their thing, and I would just come in, I had other things going on, I was touring with stuff. What do you think touring got, with got into Departed and stuff
0: that made him want to do that?
1: They were reading these books called The Left Behind Series and him and my brother were super into them. Like, they were well, just what all was of, it about? Well, the, the Left Behind Series was all about like revelations but played out really violently. Okay. So it was like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty amazing that actually the way things are going today is very, a lot, of, like if you read the book now, you'd, it'd be like you're reading the script for today. But like, uh, so they really had this idea to kind of write concept and it was more of a metal sound, you know. And uh we did that record and that one moves mix like shit. Were you, that, were you
0: apprehensive after like the whole thing like after John leaving that you were just like uh you know, were you situated with dearly departed so you were kind of
1: I was like okay, I'll do it. I wasn't really into the into it. Yeah. But I was like I'll do it, you know. And we did it and it, it was all right. But uh then when I knew dearly departed was coming to an end, I started jamming with Hugo and Ron and that's when we wrote the network Failure Record, which yeah. was uh, actually my personal favorite. Is it? Yeah, because I didn't like the way End at the Hour of Our Death came out. Like, okay. we were young. We recorded all those songs one day. One day, all those songs, you know? So that's the mix was shot vocal? and just everything. Holy shit! We show. basically got there at, like, 11 in, in in the morning and were there till like, 3 or 4. And I think they even mixed it that day, too. <laughs> Yeah, so it was. It definitely, you know, what the fuck did we know? But, you know, yeah. um, but we got to redo all those songs on a uh, better recording, you know. Plus, we did like five new ones. I think that was the deal I made with Sean Bell was that if he was going to put out a, because he was like, you know, I feel like those songs never really got, you know, their justice. And I agreed. And I'm like, all right, well, you want to pay for it? I'm down, you know. And he did. And well, he did. What and what I said, level? well, on one condition, can I put some new songs on? And we did. We wrote like five new songs Which that was actually My favorite record And then uh, The End of All We Knew Which was the last one Which was a batch of songs We wrote with the original lineup And the only recording Was a radio show We did on Hofstra So I was like Ah I'd like to record these songs So we just recorded those quick And then my brother had a
0: baby And that was it We never uh How do you think Hugo did? Great Yeah
1: He went to Europe with us
0: yeah, no, that's right. I remember because I remember when you guys went to Europe, and I was thinking because, like I said, we were in the room together, and I was like, "Oh shit, these guys are going to Europe. These motherfuckers. Definitely, they were going to go impregnate Europe, and yeah. then they're going to come back. There's like 18 kids out there." So yeah, Hugo did a lot of. Uh, <laughs> <shit>.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I should bring this up. A lot of Hugoing. Well, no, he he would disappear a lot in Europe, you know, <laughs> going to like you know the museums and stuff. But then he then he took me over to the red light district and said. If you hang
0: out with that girl I'll pay for it Yeah and I was like Alright fuck <laughs> it I think he wanted to come in too Alright Well maybe he did already I got a question actually From Dan Ter So let me just ask um, Whose idea was it For the Day of the Dead And Star Wars clips On D- And at the hour of our death Me Alright
1: Star Wars Day of the Dead man
0: yeah, those are the, both really
2: are uh, the only two movies. That's probably the only about, two movies yeah. I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> but those are great movies. Oh, yeah. and uh-huh. Choices no. and, and, and and there's something about Day of the Dead because like we were joking about being in a bunker, and yeah. I think I don't know why people fight me when they when I tell them it's the best Romero movie, because it's so bleak. Because aside from the movie I mentioned, Miracle Mile, Day of the Dead was another movie I saw at a young age that made left me with no hope.
2: Yeah, it's, like, it's real bleak. It's just bleak. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're
0: like, okay, they're going to leave here, but there's nothing to go to. And, at, at, at like, a seven, eight year old kid, I'm like, mm-hmm. I couldn't comprehend. Searching
1: for a salvation you'll never find. Absolutely. And from that point on, I had some pretty sick zombie nightmares, which to this day I still have, you know?
0: I would get it when I watch Halloween, the original. Uh-huh. Um, and I had reoccurring Michael Myers dreams to, like, probably, like, my early 20s. So, wow. there's something that it did to my psyche. Obviously. Yeah. Um, okay. And at the hour of our death story of the dude who was going to fuck shit up, whoever stole his wallet, <laughs> did he ever get his wallet back?
1: So, you know what? No, he didn't. But that was a show we played in uh, in the Boston area with Grudgeholder. Shout out to That's Paul. Jeff Mendes. That's okay. the bass player of Grudge Holder. Okay. And... Sure enough, his shit, he found his wallet in the toilet with no money, and he fucking came up to the mic and started flipping out on the mic, and and we that was definitely a good sample to keep in your uh, in your roll of decks. So we uh, we ended up putting it on that.
0: All right, uh, I got Kenny Garrow. He asked, uh, "What happened to the power up spot?"
1: The power up spot? Yeah. I don't know. What's the what's the? What's the
0: <laughs> I have no idea.
1: Maybe it still exists, and I just left it behind somewhere. I don't know. All right. Well, ask him what it is. What are you on, Facebook? The power-up spot. The trestle, the overpass, not too far from uh, the abandoned freaking railroad. The abandoned railroad? Oh, the old bridge? Yeah. Is that it? I have no idea. Ask him. See you, Phil. You know, get him on the phone. Can we have callers on this fucking show or what? No. We haven't got that phone when will when I need a lifeline here. Doc
0: wants to know, when will Kicked in the Balls record a record?
1: That'd be great. <laughs> but he'll probably die recording that record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, he's going to die recording that record. And then I'm going to do one more from Hugo. How many years did you guys say Shorka? before you realize that was the Boston guy's accent mangling shocker.
1: Shocker. Well it doesn't sound cool as shocker. Shocker is
0: actually it sounds a lot better, you know? Alright, so um moving forward man, definitely Did you give forward.
1: her the shocker man? I that think doesn't shorker. sound cool. Nah, shocker.
0: The Shocker. The Shocker. The Shocker. <laughs> My khakis. My khakis. My khakis. Uh so after the the Hugo Tension record goes, um, I feel like you guys did, what, like, just, like, some, like, random uh, reunion shows, did you do anything with John, right? We've or done a few original see, right?
1: lineup things here and
0: there. And stuff, in there. and it was just, uh, like, know, just, like, a fun thing, right?
1: It's not like a girl, man, it's not like you're breaking up and yeah. shit, you could do it whenever you want to do it, you know? It's so. like, it doesn't, I have no timeline or agenda or any goals so it's yeah. like if i want to fucking play so tension, tomorrow 10 if, years from if now
0: tension gets offered to play a show
1: tension gets offered to play a show and i actually would do it it's just a matter of uh you know getting those guys on the same page we, we talk about it you know
0: okay we discuss the, the group thread exists
1: it, it exists
0: you know <laughs> it exists um all right so fast forwarding to a group called Jet Black Heart Attack, which was also completely different than anything you've ever done. Um, I think at the time we were all definitely loving Jack White. We were all loving the Black Keys and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of that stuff influenced of the stuff that we were doing. And I feel like it might have been the same with you, right? Like I think we might have had like, that discussion that you wanted to play like a rock in a rock band.
1: Well, I was always obsessed with Bon Scott, ACDC. Okay just that. Brian Johnson, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck ACDC. after back Back in Black was good, but yeah. eh, whatever, no, you know. Bon Scott. But the Bon Scott stuff, it was raw, it was energy, it was punk. The way they played off each other was like Oh, it was, fucking was amazing. Awesome. Like I like I watch old AC/DC f- footage all fucking day. I don't you know? know
0: anyone who you know, anyone who knows music that will take uh Johnson over Bon Scott. Like if you're a music nerd, you're the same bon Scott.
2: people that take Hagar over Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's oh, it's a clear one, choice. It's not even debatable. Well, you the, know? Th- the thing is, is, is
1: with that, it was like I wanted that energy of that like '70s rock and roll style, you know. And, and I, you know, John was perfect for it. Dave, that's what he, you know, we all grew up with, was. Yeah. That whole Black Sabbath era stuff, you know?
0: It worked very well. Um, it was totally different, and I, and I don't think there was like any band really on Long Island that sounded like that. Um, you could always say Love Panther, but Love Panther was a little bit more Motorhead-ish. Yeah. Um, I think Jet Black had- That's more- what
1: I told Mike last night. Is like, come on, man. I need that Malcolm Young sound, you know? Yeah. So, Because we were actually jamming- uh, a bunch of old Bon Scott songs. He's on the same page with that, so it's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike's got great taste. So. Um,
1: so basically, the Ice Cold Killers may do some old school ACDC songs eventually.
0: Nice. That'd be yeah. sick. I think Ice Cold Killers, out of everything that you've ever done, is my favorite. Really? Absolutely. Nice.
1: I was waiting for a backhanded compliment. <laughs> no, not, not
0: at all. Because um, I remember when you sent me the songs before... Like it was a long time ago.
1: Oh yeah, with the slowest moving band in the fucking world. Right, it was like
0: a long time ago, and and you sent me these songs. So I'm like, all right, I you know, I don't know what's gonna sound like. Right. I had it in my phone. I hit play, and then the first song, which is like automatically like really good. I'm like, oh, all right, this cocksucker could sing. I'm like, all right, these songs are really well written. I'm like, maybe the second song will suck.
1: <laughs> what are you, Lon M. Friend? <laughs> Prove <Yeah>. me wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then by the third and fourth song, uh, there's something...
1: He wanted it to suck so bad. So
0: bad. Obviously. You know, yeah. And he's just...
1: probably just being nice because I'd agreed to do the show. Yeah. Listen, I mean, man, no <laughs> negative shit, man. And I'll do the show.
0: Nah, and you could tell... I think because I know you did seventeen seventy six, and we had the discussion that I think maybe that you you felt like maybe like the tension fans didn't respond to it as as well as you thought.
1: Well, seventeen seventy six was meant to have a message. Absolutely, it was meant. It was yeah. It yeah. was meant to serve a purpose. Now, I think what it is 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 the way seventy six was is like if we were, if we would have not. Been more as preachy as we were about it. I think the music could have spoke for itself, but you know when you're when you're fucking yelling at people about something they have no fucking idea about. You know whether they, they get a clue eventually or not, um, whether it's true or not. You know, um, but uh, they don't respond well to it. So I, I think I think if we would have etched out a little more of that preachiness, I think I think a band like '76 would flourish now. Because more people are kind of awake to that sort of thing now But back then it was like unheard of Now you know if I you know We sang a song about the TSA and the shopping malls And the stadiums and all that stuff I think Where are we now with that whole Vegas shooting It's like eventually that's what's going to happen You Ah. have TSA and metal you know scanners And naked body scanners at your mall And your schools and everything Because people are so afraid of everything
0: of everything. People get I, offended
1: I, about everything. It's just
0: I still think uh Binary Stars uh like one of the best songs. I like that it, song. Yeah. That song's great. I love that song. Like yeah. I loved it live. I think your brother's voice like was almost like a mallet over the head during the chorus. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so like I said fast forwarding to everything that you did, there's there's something maybe it's more my wheelhouse like the songs, you know, it's it's just got a very strong, like rock and roll, like super catchy stuff. Like, you know, we're talking about Bon Scott. Um, It does have its like, you know, a drop of Motorhead in there too. Um, But it's overall, they're just like basic songs, but the power and the chord progressions and just the the songwriting. The songwriting is killer. And I love songwriting. I love everything about songwriting. I, I love the art of it. And when you play, I watch how you play, Mm-hmm. And I see the chord progressions And I hear the melody And it's fucking uh, pretty killer So you guys have an EP out called No, The full record is on Bandcamp
1: Well that's actually the demo With our old guitar player Pete was. I like seven hate or eight songs. that recording But we re-recorded all that stuff With the new lineup We're actually in the process Of doing a record now
0: Well you hate it But um, I think it sounds good So what's the name it of it? It
1: sounds good It was Live and Let Down okay. But it never we never put it out or anything Just put it up I love the sample online. too In the beginning yeah, I'm gonna reuse that because actually we recorded all those old songs yeah, and like six or seven new ones, you know? So uh, that'll all be with the new lineup, the way we play it now, a lot of See, then we weren't really, we are kind of just figuring it out, yeah. like what we were gonna do and Joe hadn't played drums in like seven years and, you know, Pete <laughs> went on his little the fuck trip. The was he doing but, uh, in
0: Society's Downfall? drums. Oh, really? Yeah. I he was playing drums.
1: That's no, he was, he was singing in that one. He, last last band he played in drums was Mother Funkers. and I think before that was Fifty uh, Fifty. Then Vice Grip. So it's like yeah. you know he he would do bands, but you know have a spurt and then not play. Yeah. You know, I had to burp. Sorry.
0: Well, I think people uh, definitely when you play shows, you guys are getting great shows, and I think slowly people are responding to the music and they're 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 figuring out who you guys are. Because you guys all have lives, it's not like you're going on tour, so it's like a slower progression. Yeah, everything's but I, but super I think slow. Exactly, but I mean, cause the you slowest. Have a, you have a business. I don't know what the. So yeah. does Matt actually? Matt's I Matt's the sprinkler the guy. Sprinkler guy, which is
1: funny because he was my sprinkler by, guy, and I didn't even know that he played. You know, I kind of knew he played guitar, but never really we discussed it. Band yeah. stuff, you know. And he was like, you know, he, he was coming to the shop, but he was also doing my sprinklers and stuff, and then. uh the first time I asked Steve to join the band, he recommended Matt. I'm like, oh, so then I started listening to... Uh,
0: the Clap? Or not The no, Clap, The, the Fighting Four or Five. Fight. And yeah. I'm like, oh, wow,
1: this guy would be perfect. And he sings, too. It's great, you know? Yeah. And it worked out. You know, cause he's great. Yeah. We love having him,
0: you know? Same thing. Mike Simonson's on that on that record. That's his band. It's uh, one of my favorite drummers. I'll never tell him that. But he's probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys... Why is this live? Nah. No. Now I'm starting to freak out. Not at all. We can fix it. I'm actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna th- oh no. I'm gonna dump all this shit and then edit it. So um all right, gonna so you like guys five, he's six. gonna edit
1: out every part of me
2: talking. It's only yeah. gonna end up like seven minutes long. <laughs> nice. So done. Ah, That's cool.
0: Totally. <laughs> Once we hack, seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> That's it. Um so you guys are you said you're the record's almost done. I feel like the record's been. It's not almost done. I mean, it's like Chinese democracy. Over it's here. like it's my Chinese democracy <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally. Hopefully,
1: it sounds better than that though. Yeah.
0: Light, oh. Less budget. Less so. budget. Yeah. yeah. Extremely less budget. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so I, I actually have a question from uh, Vietnam at the moment. From Vietnam? <laughs> yeah. He wants to. know... <laughs> Josh from uh, Vietnam wants to know uh, how much. Josh of,
1: is a lady boy, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> how much of an influence is Mike Ness on? <laughs> Music.
1: <laughs> not anymore but you know what yeah you know i gotta say man i heard social distortion i was listening i, I think i heard social distortion when uh somewhere between heaven and hell came out and i uh, that's the best record so yeah. good but that that actually changed my life again to that because then you know that's when everyone started calling me a greaser and shit like that you know and like uh, <laughs> you know they call it the, actually the, the the boston guys call me a bowser you know what a bowser is
0: I think so. Like, Remember, Sean on Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, yeah. Got the black um, shirt. A yeah, bunch exactly. of Bowser's. I think I think uh, that record is the best. They they have uh, a bunch of good records, but somewhere between heaven and hell is uh, definitely the, the jam. That. So, um, yeah, we were talking about the Ice Cold Killers record just real quick. I wanted to just reiterate. Um, when do you think it's going to be released? Um, I don't know. I mean.
1: I'd like to say tomorrow, but there's, there's no real rush, I guess, right?
0: You remember when Tension made a record in one day? These guys yeah. are just like, they can't. Even- it sucks, dude. <laughs>
1: it, it drives me up a wall. But you know, honestly, at this stage of the game, it keeps me occupied enough with it without having to search for the next thing. You know,
0: are you constantly writing songs?
1: Yeah, I'm actually. I'm star. I mean, I took. I take breaks, but when I get, when I get a flow and I and I write one that I like. I'll just—I I basically keep playing things. Like if I hum a riff in my head, I'll just—I don't always have time to pick up the guitar. I,
0: I do it into my phone. I have like a hundred and three yeah. pieces. And then
1: you know, I write a million things, and then I just something that'll really grab me. And I'm like, oh, that could be really cool, you know?
0: Yeah, you—I mean, you have two kids, so it's like, do you ever have time to just kind of pick up the guitar and practice at home?
1: Not really. Usually, if I pick it up, it's for like two seconds because I thought of something. And I just press record and then So you think about like it Like I'll go back first. And re-record it later right. And structure it And I never do Yeah So I have like millions Of lost riffs in space That uh Phones that have didn't work Or stolen you know right. Or uh Ones that broke Just lost forever Yeah I, and I Memory I never, is taken up By just You know just yeah. like humming Into shit yeah. you know It's like if somebody Picks it up and listens To
0: it like What the fuck Is this guy talking about man He's talking in code He must be a terrorist Well that's That's a given <laughs> I mean, just just look at that Instagram wall. The lone wolf terrorist <laughs> <laughs> shut down. Right. Um, and as far as songwriting goes, do you, do you think of melody or do you think of chord structure first? Like, what, what, you know, or is it it just depends, right?
1: Just depends on the day and what I'm I'm writing. You know, sometimes I'll have a melody in my head, or sometimes I'll have a riff, and then by the time I have the riff, I usually have a melody over it, or by the time I hear. In my head I'll hear it and it's already done okay. You know So it's so the song's already done in my head I just have to You know Figure it out You know I and, already hear the bass I already hear guitar I already hear the, the vocals You know Production You and, know.
0: and at the moment Basically like I guess the issues are just kind of like Personnel change and stuff like that But like Joe's a permanent And Matt's a permanent So now you're kind of Playing with Mike But you still need that fourth member To, to be your uh, Your Malcolm Young right
1: is this your uh, yeah, this Your is little my audition. tug of war <laughs> No, this no makes, it's like
2: this is my audition it's take
0: It's like
1: So catch. why do you think You're good enough To date my daughter Cause you know <laughs> He's not saying Is that he also plays With Mike And he's He's wondering if Our shows are gonna Start conflicting That's right That's what he's worried uh, yeah. About right now I can tell He's jealous He's he jealous, jealous you know It's like <laughs> yeah. yeah Why well, you I gotta mean, talk To my girl B You guys <laughs> you,
0: you guys You guys don't cover In excess So I mean I have nothing To be jealous of That's alright so, um, Maybe I will so, okay uh, He did show me the list Yeah, yeah. You guys Maybe I'll uh, hang
1: myself and masturbate That was that guy, right? Back
0: with uh, <laughs> you don't Back with tension that. Back with tension You guys, uh, uh, you know, hooked up with uh, um, Josh Seidler Seidler I, I, I never know how to pronounce it But uh, he SCS <laughs> SCS So He <laughs> 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 he was running a label out of uh, Santa Barbara Called Sadistic Records um, How did that relationship come about? Because I, I think you guys seem super close And even though he's in Vietnam somewhere Teaching fucking English I feel like he is like the um, I almost feel like he's the fifth member of Tension
1: jo- I I think, I think Josh started talking to John first maybe But once me and Josh met it was We have like an odd relationship type thing. I don't think I've ever had a serious conversation with him ever. I don't he, think we've ever had a serious topic. It's always joking around, bullshit yeah. and just s- stupid. But he's a great guy and you know, he's done a lot for the band. You know, he's paid for numerous recordings. <laughs> and he's a put a out fan. numerous records and yeah, he's a he fan, he's a, a friend, you know.
0: A complete fan. Yeah. Uh he loves you and he loves your band and he like his knowledge of Long Island hardcore is like 10 times what I could ever come up with like he knows some shit that I'm like I don't even know he's like what about this band I'm like I have no idea man I'm like I don't know <laughs> so, he knows
1: more about tension than I do it yeah
0: <laughs> probably <laughs> so um all right so he he sent me some questions and he just wanted me to ask you uh which tension record was the best in your opinion and why <laughs>
1: <laughs> he wants me to say and at the hour of our death that's the one he likes yeah but I always call that the recording shitty and I always clown it, you know? Yeah. And he gets pissed off. But, uh.
0: How do you feel the songs are, though?
1: I, the, I think the songs sounded better on, uh, Network Failure. <laughs> Hell. But, uh, you know, they were the same songs. But, I mean, no, I loved all the songs we, we did, you know? Um, I think my favorite tension record is probably Network Failure or, uh, the new one that was it, uh, the end is all we know see okay if I see josh knows more about the band than i do because i just forgot the title of that record yeah but uh yeah those are my those are probably my two favorite
0: okay uh wow look at this guy my i don't know i don't know what he's doing back there but i just saw his tag my what kid. i will
1: say though josh is i fucking hate and at the hour of our death that recording sucks that's
0: it <laughs> he just jumped out of vietnam vietnamese window <laughs> Uh, okay, which venue in Long Island was the best in the 90s to play?
1: The best in the 90s to play, since we were only allowed to play most venues once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys were like the Long Island gore. I don't know, man. I got to be honest. Like I said, usually the at the end of our set, the clubs weren't very happy with us. But uh P-Wack, I think that was fun. I think that's everyone's um, favorite. Any of those VFWs we used to rent the Medford VFW, remember that? Yeah, that one huge. Those shows were great. That's when like I only went to one there. There was a show there that the, we booked. I think it was like a million bands. It was the Glassjaw, Hatebreed, Holder, us, and what we would do is we had and silent Majority. We had so many bands that we had a drum set on one side and then a drum set on the other side, and then while the band on side A was playing. This band was setting up as soon as we were done. That band started. Went off without a hitch. A couple of broken uh, ceiling tiles, but uh, those those shows were fun. Those yeah, are, I mean, those that, are my favorite, that's a yeah.
0: killer lineup. I just saw Quicksand, actually, um, speaking of missing guitarists. Um, I saw them play as a three-piece, and it's great because the songs are great, but you still, it's like, you know, obviously Tom Capone was missing, but, you know... I don't know. The, like sometimes you just you're so like you spend 24 years listening to Slip and then you watch them play and the, the leads that you're waiting for like don't he come. he covered some of it but it still it was just like different. And then if it, I think their case was a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, not like they wanted do to do it that, that way but yeah. uh they well, kind of had no choice, I guess. No, but they could have replaced them but they didn't. They decided to do it as a three piece and they wrote the new record as a three piece.
1: Oh. Right. Yeah, uh,
0: and it's funny at the show, Walter uh, made a little joke, and he uh, I guess after one of the songs, he was like, "Oh, not bad for a three piece." He's like, "Not to be bold." <laughs> so
1: I don't I don't you know it is, I like hearing rhythm when there's a lead going on. Yeah. I don't like that dropout. I never did like I know I know Black I Sabbath got away with it because he was all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And if you're all over the place, then it works. If yeah. you could fill up that space, but you know when it's just like. I don't know. Like I never, like I said, like a lot of people were into Pantera, and I may, I Same hate, thing. I never got into Pantera. Yeah, never did. Right. And maybe it was for the most reason is that when there was leads, it was just bass. Yeah, and it wasn't really that space filling, so I just felt I empty. I totally you know? agree with you. I so understand. I don't, I don't know if that's what drove me away from something like that. But I just never was into that. You know, yeah. if you could fill it up
2: and own it. Only certain base cool, players but, are going to be able to like, exactly you know, fill the void. Exactly.
0: Uh, this guy is hilarious. This Josh guy. <laughs> I don't even. I, I'll read this, but you don't have to answer it. What is the deal with the Rubino Black Cloud? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a real thing, actually. Is it? Yeah. Absolutely. Can't right. wait. Can't wait to get wet. It's a real thing. Uh, what is your most memorable show with tension?
1: memorable show with tension was uh there was so many i know that's that's a tough just, question just, man. just
0: pull one from the sky just pull make him happy one from
1: the sky where, where do we go based on that
0: like, guy's got nothing in vietnam right now he's crying <laughs> he's, he's he's curled up in the, in the fetus position right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> the best tension show man that's what's good is you can edit this in case it takes forever to think of something oh absolutely yeah what do we go with? Is at a bad house. I don't know. House. What are we? What are we thinking
0: here? Is is it like? I think the two thousand reunion show at the downtown. There's a lot of them that are going through <laughs> right. my
1: mind, and it's like, what are we going based on? It's like because this, right. you know, you know, Josh. Attention show I'm wasn't just sure. attention show. It's t- attention show was like three hundred of us just hanging out from the start of the show till the end of the show. So it was like many things happened during that. You know what I mean? During that span of time, minus that. 45 minutes or half hour, you know? So it's like... uh Do
0: you remember the first show... What do you show, base
1: it off of? There's just so many crazy memories. There's, what about
0: the first show that you just, like, realized that people actually got the record and memorized the words?
1: Those were those Roxy shows. Yeah. Yeah. The Roxy, Huntington? The Roxy and Huntington, yeah. which, you know, fuck those people, but, you know, um and there's very personal reasons for saying that, but, uh that's when people were really taking notice. And, and, you know, we were playing with, like, M.O.D., Napalm Death, Sheer Terror, Carnivore. Like, we played with so many big bands. I was, like, when so we first got to play with, like, When those bands would come bands, through, they would get you yeah. the local act, right? Yeah. Nice. So. Plus, we were drawing, so yeah, absolutely. it was worth it for them to do so, I guess, or whatever. Um,
0: man, how were those shows? What What was the most memorable, memorable out of those? Like, Napalm Death? Like, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shit, man. I mean, uh... Like yeah, Na- Napalm was well, it was it was it was it wasn't just Napalm death, it was Napalm death, sheer terror, tension and I think like two other bands. So it was both of those bands, which I remember Paul Barrow was sick for that show, I feel like. No, 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 no. Actually, I think I think he was there was one that he that he was like sick, came in f- like from sleeping in the car, did the show and then, you know, said he was sick and and ended up leaving. But I think the yeah, the Napalm Death and Sheer Terror show was probably
0: That's awesome. one of my favorites. Do you yeah. look back at that time and, like, I mean, are you happy with everything? Like, like just kind of like the way your musical life went, you know? Do you feel satisfied, I guess?
1: Is it ever? I mean, if I felt satisfied, I wouldn't do it anymore, you know? Yeah, you would. Of course you but, would. But, uh, no. But, never satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, you yeah, look, I feel very you look blessed back and at grateful. that youth,
0: you know, and, and you think I feel like yourself, I could have done more back then. Yeah, you know? I feel the same. But uh this guy stopped playing as soon as he started. <laughs> anyways, I wish
1: I knew then what I know now yeah. about oh, it absolutely. and I probably would have went into it a little differently and took it.
0: Do you think you would have just gone gung ho? Like just fucking I always
1: sh- was, I just didn't know how to be, I guess. You know, once it was <laughs> done I did because then I started touring. But you know, grow- I was I was a, a I was a kid then, you know, just as those bands that were touring after us. And got big were at the time, but you know when you have two people that aren't, will, it, you just don't know how to go about things. You we were always like the outcast band, I guess you could say. Like before, we kind of connected with. Uh, actually, I remember this is it was always like the Out East, and it was the Thugs, you know mm. what I mean? Like, and then you had the the, the Artie Philly and the Silent Majorities, and 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 all of that, and they They're had their ni- thing. They were a little nicer. Well, they well they had their thing. We had our thing. For some <laughs> reason, there was just always this weird air of thing but the the very first moment that all of that came down was when us and trip face played a party in mastic in a living room
0: you know it's funny scott mentioned that
1: and to be honest that might be one of the memorable ones
0: scott mentioned that he said that there was like this and from
1: that point on we were all friends you know we started going to trip face shows we went to some majority shows you know and uh
0: I think he mentioned that when he was on the it, show. It did come up, I think.
1: And then it was just great. That's when that's when everything exploded because you had two separate scenes that now came together and, and created this even bigger thing. That's yeah. what that's what brought a thousand kids a night. Uh, just on a Saturday, you yeah, know, because at, kids were going at there. Deja one or whatever, yeah. you know, it was just it's just what they did, you know.
0: Do you think like uh the fact that there's so much shit to do at home now or like people stare at their phones all day prevents these like shows from just Getting the way they used to be, sure. Because right? this
1: is all pe- the phone is all people care about. You know, you're, you're, they're they're filming the phone with their bands. They're not enjoying it. You know what I mean? They're just like, but the, I'm filming saying the they're, they're not even bands. going. They're filming the <laughs> bands with their phones. Yeah. Right. But uh, you know, no one's really, no one. It's it's not the same. It never will be yeah it never will be i think and and you know what i got to say is the record labels i feel in my head watching as a bystander was that's what ruined everything because up until that point everybody was together and everybody was on stage together there was 50 you could barely play your instrument because the stage was packed and then once all the labels came in they played they took the bands that they liked they cherry picked everybody and then played godzilla with everyone else and and now everyone wants to play behind a barricade and and wants to wear their hair fucking stupid and like just like uh <laughs> you know wear tight girl jeans and and wear lipstick and and put on a show where you have security in front of the stage and and you know that was never what it was about, but once the labels came in and picked a couple of bands, everybody wanted to be famous and up until that point, it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like it's like you have this beehive and it's and it's it's making honey and it's producing honey and it's uh and it's working in unison with one another and it's just that's what worker bees do and that's their thing and then all of a sudden Africanized bee comes in and and you know turns it into the, just changes the mentality of this hive and now they become a killer bees nest because mm-hmm. and they just have different goals and different aggression and you know. So it'll never go back to what it was, but it was definitely a really special time back then. That
0: you know. Yeah, I wish I wasn't on drugs. I would have enjoyed it more.
1: <laughs> and I got to be honest with you, I forgot what the original question was.
0: But No, you were you, know, you were going? Answer, you did, uh, I was letting you go. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. just I didn't know where you were gonna land. But I'm like you know what, <laughs> I'll let them go. i will on I'll, the ride. Exactly. Yeah. I'll cherry pick. The, I'll, I'll edit it later. I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah. Like he said something about bees, and it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: See, I'm kind of smart.
0: Uh, all right, so last question from Josh, and uh, which I think ties into what you're doing. He wants to know if you get the same enjoyment from cutting hair as you do playing music, like that same fulfillment, like kind of like, a, like a, I guess, you know, looking at it like artistically. It's like, a, is it fulfilling?
1: Is it fulfilling?
0: Or is uh, it just like a it's career? Just a,
1: it's just a career, yeah. you know? Um To be honest, I got into barbering because I was a musician and wanted to be able to work for myself and, you know, have music be the main thing, you know. I didn't think I was ever going to own a business. What happened was when I realized I was having my first child, I had some money. I'm like, man, I could just do this myself. And that's when I decided to pursue owning a shop. It's cool. It's fun. Um,
0: So you feel like having
1: a kid on the way
0: was like a motivator? What's that? You feel like having a kid on the way was like a motivator. Oh, yeah, that, changed, that changed everything,
1: you know? Um, that's what made me want to open a business and, and, and do it for myself. Because up until that point, I was just, you know, it was all about music, yeah. you know? And, you know, if I could, wanted to go on tour, I can come back or I can cut hair anywhere. Absolutely. You know? And it, it was different then because barbering wasn't what it was today when I was doing it. There's I've been doing th- this for like 20 years. So when I was coming up, it was different. It wasn't as mainstream- it is pretty thing, you know? pretty mainstream now. It is, yeah. You know? You could thank the undercut for that. <laughs> and not a real haircut came in and everyone decided they were just gonna jump in.
0: Everyone but Randall gets their haircut. That's true. <laughs> That's Actually
1: weird. Randall was getting dolled up the other day, you know. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Can ask Josh question? Oh, go ahead. You want to ask a Josh question? Sure. Go ahead. Mike Randall. This is coming from you still identify as a hardcore kid. <laughs> <laughs> or a member of the Grecia Seed Do I still?
1: I'm uh, I'm what's it called? How do I say this without breaking any eggs over here? Um, <laughs> I'm uh, uh, lifestyle neutral.
0: Lifestyle? <laughs> okay, I <laughs> Maybe, like that. I, don't know. I like that I like. I don't that.
1: know what the fuck to say. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to offend
0: anybody. Going, going back to Josh, um, yeah. So the relationship you guys have had, like he.
1: You better leave that in. That uh, by the way, that was funny.
0: Absolutely. Um, so he was just putting out the records. He had a label, and then I, you know, I guess. Like, how did you guys meet? You said he was talking to to John, we never finished the story. Can you repeat the question, please? All right. How <laughs> did you? How did the relationship with Josh, uh, from Sadistic Records? just happen, you said he was talking to to John and then you guys became friends and then from there he decided he wanted to release one of your albums
1: I think he released the record first and then later on down the road I actually went and visited him
0: so he's like a hardcore groupie
1: yeah he's definitely a groupie Okay, we, a, a few of us have banged him <laughs> 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 okay good
0: Definitely, I
1: like that But no, nah, I went out there, you know Because uh, Social D was playing after uh, Dennis died and, and they were doing some House of Blues shows So I figured, uh, actually my ex-girlfriend bought me the tickets And bought me the plane tickets Planned it out with him And uh, sent me out there that's, to that freak That's quite But you lift. know, we, we kind of, you know We we were friends from that point on
0: Like You went out there with the crew?
1: No, nah, just me Just you? Oh, We went out there with the crew another time yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> who else was there?: It was uh, like you Tim, my brother, and uh this guy Pete. Okay, yeah. who used to be my pit bull back when he was around?: Yeah, very uh volatile guy
0: i I remember Pete yeah. I yeah. Know. um all right, yeah, man. So I guess that that pretty much covers everything, um you know, from the ice cold killers to what you're doing now with two kings over in Blue Point. Like, if you want to give the address. What's the address here?
1: I'm sorry. There was someone else on that trip, and I, uh, I'm i actually trying to remember who it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wait. did somebody it was Kyle. cry? Was it Kyle? Yeah. Somebody cried. There was fist fights. Yeah, because, like, uh, I think Josh always brings that up. He's just like, I think Pete made someone cry, right, or something.
1: That's – can I tell the story? Should I tell the story? Oh, I don't give a shit. So – so basically, there was a bag of oregano. Actually, can, can we say marijuana on this show? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. So there was a bag of weed that they bought, and and I think Kyle was on the trip. I don't remember who else. Zeus. I feel like there was another person. No, no, there was no other person. Anyway, so um, speaking of marijuana, I'm stoned. But I, what was the question? Repeat. repeat.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You were telling a story. There was no question. About somebody crying. Oh, about somebody crying.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I? Uh, yeah, maybe I Maybe I won't tell this Okay. One,
0: All right. So, we'll, we'll, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was great. We'll, we'll tell it off the air. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, definitely, uh, like I said, uh, f- uh, being friends with you for a while. Thank you for doing this. Um, this show is about music and movies. Obviously, you hate music and uh, you hate movies so we're not going to talk about that but i love to we can talk out.
1: about movies i don't hate movies
0: well we'll, we'll get there
1: five i don't need anybody to get offended that i no, hate I, movies <laughs> hollywood's like pick in front of my house
0: now he we, hates movies we, we have a very uh tough skinned uh, audience because no one says shit to me maybe they don't yeah. um, but who are the the, the musicians That influenced you to do what you do. Like, if you could pick a top five, like either bands or like musicians that basically make Joe Rubino who he is. Like, you know, who you are, like as a musician, whether it be like bass player, bands, or stuff like that. Like, five artists that you still look at today that fuel you, that you could listen to for inspiration.
1: They've changed through the years, Uh, yeah. But as of now, I don't.
0: I don't. Let, Let. Okay let's do this really, How uh, about How about 20 year old Joe Urbino? What would he say
1: 20 year old Joe Urbino Would say Geezer Butler Okay Harley from cro Um. That's where I got My bass tone from Was that record Actually Yeah Age of Quarrel um, Artists But not Potentially sure. bass players sure. um, Sick of it all um, Sheer Terror Around that time Yeah Was, was big what social about? distortion came a little later a little
0: later it's same thing for me like I wasn't ready for it at, at an early age like I would hear it and I'm like this is kind of lame and then once I hit like my mid-20s I listened to it and I just maybe I was just ready to hear it at that point where I was like oh I like this a lot actually you know you just into heavier things or you just like I don't know like you hear bowl and chain at like 18 you're like oh the fuck is this shit? I totally agree. But at like twenty-five, I'm like, ah, oh, the lyrics. I'm like, and it's yeah. just so good.
2: And it's when you know. you're ready to hear it, like you said. Yeah. You know, I was the same way. My ears just weren't
0: with Fugazi. Enough like I, I always say, like, I, I loved minor threat. Mm-hmm. When I heard Fugazi, I'm like, fuck you. Right. And then somewhere around like like twenty-two, twenty-three, I heard repeater and like Matt Gentile's car like a hundred times. Yes, I bet. And one day it just hit me. I was like, yeah. one, two, three repeater. I get it, <laughs> and I just fucking was all about it. Yeah. So. I
1: still actually discover things that I snub my nose at back then. Yeah, you know, till still to this day. I think
0: it helps as like yeah. a songwriter. Yeah, absolutely. You I'm know? open
1: to everything. Yeah, you know, like I like I'm just I'm so wide ranged. Like I, I'm. I'm not, I can't really pinpoint one style of music that I would say is my favorite. No, I can't. It's impossible. It's only but what I'm doing right now. It's like whatever I'm like writing at the time is basically what I'm into at the time. Yeah, you know, I kind of s- stay focused. You know, but it's I'm all over the place. I know my youngest daughter is definitely going to be down with punk rock and stuff like that. She's already like all about you know listening to what we're what I'm listening to. Uh my oldest she likes the Taylor swift thing, and like you know,
0: but she she I, has I, two I would parents. like her to stay away from that <laughs> but uh but personally saying, but yeah. but she has two parents that listen to like really like good music, yeah, so I mean you would hope that it it will you know like what does your kid listen to did you did you affect him yet or not i uh
2: I had him leaning heavy heavy with metal, it was on all the time does he like guy leaned yet? too hard into it? I think yeah. I might have rushed it a little yeah. bit. No, he hasn't got into any black like, cause metal Because he's what, yet. six? Seven-year-old. Seven. Not into black metal. It's ridiculous. Not but uh, so then he started listening to Just Hot 40 <sighs> kind of stuff with my wife on the way to school. But he's there. I just leaned on him too hard. You leaned the on him. The Ramones, Motorhead. First, it was Black <laughs> Sabbath. I'm like, he's like four years old. <laughs>
1: I'm actually hoping that, you know, my kids pick up instruments because then that'd be a yeah. good way for me to connect with them. You know, it
0: is Absolutely. like that. I and
1: try I'm... to keep them focused, mm-hmm. you know, where we want them to go musically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that is like a an interesting angle. Like, you know, like I have four nieces and a nephew. And, like, that would be so cool if they picked up an instrument. But I think, like, you're just, like, you know, you're hyper-focusing on that. And you're like, man, it's like, I'm not going to talk to you unless you pick up an instrument. (laughs) That's just me.
1: My kid's playing piano, and I'll be damned if she doesn't learn anything from Jerry Lee or something like Chuck Berry or uh, Little Richard, you know, like, just heavily piano-oriented, like, rockabilly and stuff like that and jazz and stuff because... It's like, yeah, we could jam, you know?
0: You know, speaking of Jerry Lee, because he was on one of the episodes, I, I was watching this show. Mike Judge has an animation show. Um, it's called Tales from the Tour Bus. It's on Cinemax, which I feel no one has, but if, you know, you've got, got that illegal fire stick, you know, you could fuck with it. Yeah. So, just like, you know, it's the guy who made Beavis and Butthead. Uh, so he tells these stories of these, like, uh, out-of-control <laughs> country singers like George Jones, um Johnny Paycheck I forget It might have been Jerry Lee who is the, the second one um and it's all animated and it's told by like their friends and stuff like that oh, yeah. and it's fucking amazing because these people are so out of control in like whatever the 50s 60s 70s yeah and like how George Jones was just like shooting machine guns into the fucking <laughs> air. like it's just like the funniest stories Told in this total animation, and it's called Mike Judge's Tales from the Tour Bus. Well, I, I recommend. That out, man. So, yeah. um, all right, yeah. I mean, I guess that's basically it. I think uh, we covered everything. Cool. Um, all your bands, all your success, all your haircuts. Um, you're shitting on our band shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's we didn't. So
1: we didn't. I, I don't think we went. I think we started to talk about the uh, the shop. And yeah, guys. Right.
0: Yeah. Do I. So, uh, when did the, you just open this new shop, right?
1: Yeah, right. I opened this new shop uh, actually a year ago, in August.
0: How's that going?
1: It's going really good. Yeah.
0: Really, you like the location because it's like completely different from the first one.
1: Actually, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Actually, uh, definitely the smartest move I've made with yeah. with this was to. Uh, switch over to blue point yeah
0: for sure i feel like it's more accessible
1: it's more accessible it's cheaper in rent yeah you know it's like it's the road's right here i got two traffic lights out front so absolutely location's just way better yeah definitely a. it's like you know where we were in smithtown it was more of the uh
0: i feel like there was just no foot traffic there was no traffic in general like It it was, just, it was
1: just a bad location yeah you know the building was was shit the, the the parking lot was always caving in there was like a crack motel across the street you know there
0: definitely was a crack uh. motel and i have been in that motel so have you yeah what were you doing uh, i well, mean i guess i could get it out
1: let's ask sam some questions now <laughs> this is well, red river podcast number 22 and a half i uh
0: I, think I know the answer definitely you know it was like a like in my drug days like uh me and this dude brought two sisters there I'll claim that story. Thank you. That's mine. Yeah, that's all. So, I mean, you, you, you mentioned the crack hotel. Crust. <laughs> I wrote it
1: on paper. I didn't want anyone to know I smoked
0: crack. So the
2: business is going well. <laughs> You're it saying work. it was a smart move to move here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all
0: right. Uh, do you have anything, Mike, in the back? <laughs>
1: you just got up like Eminem about to diss the president.
0: Oh. You just got up
1: like Eminem about to diss the president.
0: Oh, like he did. he did. He did. <laughs> I
1: didn't even see it. I don't even care
0: angry little lesbian um so like you said it was it's all a, puppet theater So, like yeah. you said it was all a good idea to move locations yes um so everything seems to be going well and uh i don't know we'll probably do like a part two because i feel like there's so much stuff that we didn't get into because you have like such a fucking long career in like music mm. um that i know that people are going to be like "How oh, the fuck did you ask him about this i didn't ask him about this so it's like you know what Fuck you, motherfucker. So yes. um awesome. Thank you for doing it. Is there anything else you want to say?
1: No. Thank you.
0: All right. It was fun. Cool. Thank Episode you. Episode twenty two in the fucking book. Thank you,
2: Randall. If I ever get my hair but, cut, I'm coming here. Yeah, there you nice. go. <laughs> if I ever get my hair cut. <laughs> It might not ever happen again. Yeah. Where? <laughs> two I King's do?
1: Barbershop, sixty five Montauk
2: That's Highway exactly Blue right. Point, New That's York. It. It's convenient and easy. Yeah, and he fine. lives out
0: here somewhere. Yeah. Six three,
1: one eight six eight zero five zero zero,
0: that one, that yeah. one, that one, got gotcha. you, Last bunker on the left, <laughs> Last bunker on <laughs> All right, thank you.